Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird, and I got a exciting guest uh, for you lined up. There's a lot of history here. I've known this person for a very long, long time. Uh, went to school together in another lifetime. Um, I'm happy to bring her on. She's a single mother of four, high school teacher, and she is a fitness and health coach. So without further ado, my guest today is Kate Kimbley. Kate, how are you? Hi, I'm good, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, let's dive right into this. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, um, let's see. I have four kids, 17, 15, 11, and nine. Um, that takes up most of my wow. most of my attention <laughs> and everything. But I also, I am a high school art teacher, um, which I love. And I do fitness coaching on the side. Um, for a long time, it was just women only. And now I've started to do kind of everybody. But um yeah, I just balancing all those things and they're all things that I just feel like I'm investing my time in and not just spending time on. So I try to make sure that everything I do is kind of investing time in things that last, not just spending time, you know? Very nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, um, I want to dive into high school teacher art. How, how did that come about? Was that something that you've always wanted to do was be an art teacher or how did that, that, transition into becoming an art teacher? No, not at all. I actually never aspired to be a teacher. My dad's a teacher and a football coach and all that stuff. My brother's a teacher, my sister's a teacher, and I was never going to do that. Um, I went to school for art and for creative writing at the U of A. Um, and then I was uh, married to a military man for 20 years and we moved around a lot. Um, and when you're moving around that much, you know, careers are limited. So I started a career in advertising, which honestly I was, um, not, it was fun. And I learned a lot, but I felt like I was using the majority of my talent to lie to people and to convince people that, you know, to buy things they didn't need. And, and I, that just wasn't me. And I feel like I needed to invest, like I said, invest in people more than that. Right. So it was something I really wasn't in love with anyway, but we started moving around. Um, and so I stayed home with my kids. So I had four kids all in different states, countries, blah, blah, blah. And then um, the last place we were in Texas um, the only thing I needed to go back to work because of just some just situations that were in our family and income, lack of income, things like that. And the only thing that was available was, um, the very small school that my kids went to, and it was a pre-K through 12th grade school, mm -hmm. 200 kids all in one building, oh, but wow. that's 200 kids total from pre-K to 12th grade. So wow. very small country. Yeah. Very rural. Um, and they needed an English teacher. I had subbed and taught English before in one of the places that we lived. And so, um, I talked to the principal and they asked me, I had been going to the school to help tutor kids just for free and help them with their English and with their writing and things like that. I've just been doing that for free. And, um, they asked me to um, get certified to become the high school art teacher. And so I really wanted to incorporate art. There was no art program at this time in the school at all, like not at all. I mean, it was, there was nothing. So I kind of, I told the principal, okay, I will get certified to teach English and I will get certified for art if you let me start an art program while I'm teaching English. So he said, deal. So I taught as I was getting certified and I started an art program at the same time, which started as like one intro art class, you know, for high schoolers. And then the next year rolled into an intro and a secondary art class. And then it rolled into, we want you to teach the elementary kids too, because their parents heard about it and they want them to be exposed oh, to art. Wow. So then I was teaching all of high school English and all these art classes and it became very overwhelming very quickly. But, um, anyway, at that time I kind of, I ended up moving back to Arizona and got the job as just an art teacher at Saguaro high school. And, um, I wouldn't want to teach anything else. <laughs> so. Really nice. 
That's yeah. awesome. So it, it's funny because I, I did high school for two years as a sub, mm-hmm. and I, I was terrified because I, I did junior high first um, when my son was was in junior high, and that was fine because mm-hmm. all the kids knew who I was. I got to high school, and I'm just like, oh, was I like this in high school? Like this <laughs> yes, was you probably were. <laughs> <laughs> but junior high, you're right. <laughs> you know, and it was and it was just like it takes a. It takes a special person, I think, to teach high school. And I think, in my opinion, and I've said this on, on many shows before, teachers are underappreciated in this country. Um, so let me say thank you for what you do because it, I know it's not easy and it, it, it really is uh, kind of the love you want it. And I would assume you feel this way too, is, is that you feel like you're adding value to a young person's life and, and knowing that maybe years down the road, they may come back to visit you and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And the advice that you had given me at during class or whatever has changed my life for the better. And I think you can't, you can't put a price on that. You can't, I mean, that's just priceless, quite frankly. Right. Yes, for sure. And I honestly, you know, I feel very fortunate being the art teacher because it's kind of like I get to be the fun parent. Like, you know, they want to come to my class and do the fun stuff. But I do make, you know, I do put connections with the kids and helping kids with life stuff kind of in front of more important than the actual art stuff. I teach art, obviously. That's my job. But, you know, I do have kids that come back and visit me. You know, I've been there for three years and I have kids that come back and want to just come and hang out and do art in my studio, you know, while class is going or that want to come and see me during their lunch hour and during this to do art, to talk about life, to get help. So that's probably my favorite part about it is, you know, it's really cool to see kids develop as artists, but it's even more rewarding to see them develop as humans. So that's my favorite part. Do you have a favorite part of art that you teach, whether it's, it's painting or, or drafting or drawing or, or sculpture or anything like that? Is there, what do you prefer? I'm, it's funny because there's like (laughs) what I'm best at and what I like the most are like two different things. So my, I mean, I'm much better at drawing and painting than anything else. Um, when I got there for the last, you know, few years, there's this gigantic kiln sitting in the, in my back studio that hadn't been touched in years. Um, and because the, the teacher that I teach with and the teachers before me didn't know how to do ceramics. And there's this great kiln sitting there. And I know that some of these kids, especially if they're struggling with two dimensional art would find like success and joy and, you know, passion in doing uh, ceramics. So last summer I took myself, I went to the, um, there's a clay co-op in um, in Tucson and I went there and I took art, I took ceramics classes. So I learned how to do ceramics and I okayed it with the school, you know, to order clay for the next year. So I ordered clay. I spent the summer learning ceramics. And then this year I've kind of integrated um, ceramics into the curriculum for the beginning and intermediate art. And then next year I'm going to offer, I'm offering a full ceramics class. So I love teaching ceramics and I love doing ceramics. That's probably like my favorite. It's more, I don't know, it feels more therapeutic to just use your hands in that way. But I'm probably the worst, probably my worst thing. Like I, my clay pieces look, (laughs) but I love doing it. It's super fun. Um, fun. Given the current world situation, are you, are you, um, and and I don't know this. I only know that some schools in various States, uh, my son is obviously down there in Tucson. uh, He's, he's gone to all online. Is that something that you guys are doing as well right now? And if so, how hard is it to teach art in an online platform? 
Yeah, it's tough. Um, so honestly, right now I'm still waiting. My I'm having technical difficulties, so I haven't been able to get in touch with my kids, which is killing me. I've been able to give them some like Instagram messages, but they're all on Instagram because um, we have an artist Instagram or an artist tomorrow Instagram page. But um, but just to to be able to come up with something that they can all do um, that they have that they have materials for is tough because I provide everything they need, um, at school. Right. So they only have to bring a sketchbook, but I mean, I have all the pencils, I have all the paper, I have all the paints, I have all the clay, like I have all the stuff and they don't have any of that. Um, especially since, you know, going into this, we just went on spring break. Nobody knew that, um, they were going to have to, you know, that they were, they were coming back. And right. so they didn't bring anything with them. Um, they didn't bring their sketchbooks home. So I'm having to come up with creative ways and using a lot of um, internet, social media, things like that to look up different ideas and things we can do. But I can't even get in touch with them yet because um, I'm waiting for like the TUSD tech services to fix my stuff. So um, yeah, it is challenging. It's very challenging, but um, yeah. you know, I've had several meetings with the fine arts staff um, at Saguaro over zoom like this and we've just decided that in this time um, when the kids are trying to figure out how to do all of their core classes online we as fine arts staff <laughs> want to provide them with um activities and assignments that kind of enrich their time at home instead of stress them out more right. and so we are working to give them assignments that will be you know more or less fun and creative um, therapeutic and, we'll, and stuff like that yes therapeutic yeah. exactly yeah. instead of something to stress them out more so yeah it's going to be a challenge um for sure and i'm kind of doing it as i go like day by day you know let's think of something else they can do so it's not like i have this whole thing planned out at all but um yeah it's definitely going to be challenging but i think it could be really interesting and fun honestly in the end that's that's really cool that you guys are doing that I, especially you want to make a connection or keep that connection <laughs> that you have with your kids uh, in your classes and stuff. And, and this folks, this is why we, we say teachers, they fall in line under the community heroes, you know, heroes media group. That's who we cater to is the heroes community. And we're, we're fortunate enough to be talking with Kate today who, who falls in that category. Um, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. You and I got connected, reconnected, I should say. Uh, cause we, like I said, we went to high school, we graduated together back well we don't need to tell everybody when but it was a long time ago <laughs> um but we got reconnected kind of through social media and that's kind of the cool thing about technology is we can get reconnected with people that we went to school with and were out of touch with for many many years and one of the things that that you do uh, you you do these morning workouts uh you're up at at the uh, butt crack at dawn is what we like to say um yeah. which is is I'm, I'm very much a morning person i was in the military myself so it was you know, four thirty every morning, and okay. as long as I've been out, it's still four thirty every morning. Um, yeah. And I'm a morning person. I have to do my workouts in the morning. I'm not the nighttime workout guy or anything like that. Because if, if it doesn't happen in the morning, it's not getting done. Right. Uh, and I think for me, it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day. I get more stuff done. My mind's clear, and and I just feel more uh, better about myself. But I see these workouts that you're doing, and I'm like. Golly, like, and, and you're doing the cool thing about it is you're doing it at home. Right. Um, so how do you, how did you get started in the whole fitness health coaching and, and what prompted you to like record yourself and taking pictures of the, doing these workouts? Okay. Well, um, I started, I've always been into fitness. So my dad is, um, football coach and okay. weight trainer. So, I mean, every summer it was never like, you know, 
are you going to play sport or are you going to work out? It was like, what workout are you going to do? And every summer we're in the weight room, whether it's the weight room that at the high schools that he would teach and coach at or, you know, our garage, which, you know, converted into a weight room. So, I mean, that's always been a part of my life, lifting weights, um, fitness, all those things. Um, as I became older, it just became, you know, honestly, mental health wise, a necessity just to have that in my life, um, especially just there was a lot of stress and things like that with the lifestyle that we had and um, raising four kids and all these things. So it was a necessity. It was it was definitely a necessity for mental health wise as well. Um, and then as I, you know, got more into it and I just started talking to more women, it just seemed it occurred to me that not everybody understands how beneficial it can be. And a lot of people operate under the misconception that um, if you're going to be in shape, if you're going to be into fitness, it has to be your life. Um, and I remember I was listening to one, I was working out and I was listening to this one trainer say something to the effect of, um, you know, if you, if, if you don't make it your number one priority, um, fitness is not your number one priority and your number one thing then you know, then you're not going to ever reach your goals. And I thought to myself, that's not true. That's BS. Like I should be able to have my kids as my number one priority, right. you know, and there's other things that are my number that should be able to trump fitness, but still, be a know, part of your you life. Know, be in shape and work out. And so I just know that a lot of people were operating under that misconception. Um, and at that time is when I started and I was teaching and um, I was still working out and I was teaching. And I had always, even before I started really doing any online stuff, you know, the schools that I was teaching at would ask me to help condition, um, condition certain, you know, sports teams or um, especially the girls, because, you know, there's a lot of male coaches out there who really would like to have a female role model, a fitness role model for the girls. And so I would go and I would stay after school and condition the volleyball team, or I've done like the cross country team, things like that, or even the teachers, like I would do an after school workout for the teachers. So I've just done stuff like that just for, you know, um, just, just to do it because I believe in it. Um, and at that time is when um, I had someone reach out to me to be a beach body coach online. Um, and I tried it and I like it. Um, but it's one of those things where because it's video based, it's super helpful for people. And I and I think it's a great program and it has really changed my life because I've been able to be coached as well as be a coach, you know, via video and doing all these things at home. And that's kind of what got me started recording myself and putting myself out there for um, for coaching. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, off of that grew just reaching out to people um, or people reaching out to me uh, because they needed help and just sending them videos. Okay, you asked, you know, you wanted to work these parts of your body or you having, you know, these are your goals. Let me just show you some things you can do and just sending them videos. Um, it's it's grown into me, um, you know, teaching boot camps and conditioning and things like that at different facilities and subbing um, and you know, all those things. So it just kind of has evolved and um, it's something I've always been interested in. I've always done and it's just kind of evolved into different things over the years. I, it, so for people that are listening to the show and we, and we have yes. listeners really all over the world yes. and, and, and they want to find out what you're doing or, or connect with you and some, what's the, what's the best way they could do that? Or is that something <laughs> that you like? Oh, what was that? Is that something that you, that you're open to? Yes, um, definitely. So Instagram is probably the best way. I mean, I'm on Facebook too, but Instagram, my kids tell me that Facebook is for old people. So, I don't know. <laughs> but, so I'm on Instagram too. Um, I actually have to Instagram. I have like a personal, they're both, they're both public because um, I just, I had started an Instagram that was like my regular Instagram. And then I started one that was just fitness. But to me, the just fitness one 
it's helpful for people that are already in that fitness world. But for normal moms, people, working adults, the fitness one looks like, well, that's all she does is fitness. That's why I like my personal one more because it's like, no, I have a full-time job. I'm raising four kids. Fitness is not my life. It's just a part of my life and it enriches my life and it can do that for you too. It doesn't have to be your number one priority. So um, I kind of gear people toward that. And that's my, um, I think it's KK underscore 79. That's my um, personal Instagram one. And then from there, you can go to see my, all my other things because I have like an artist Saguaro one and I have, you know, right. a fitness one, all those things. But yeah, my personal one, I think I prefer because it's more realistic as far as it's not all about fitness. I was just going to yeah. say, I love the fact because it's very transparent. People can yeah. see that you're, that it's, it's realistic. And I'm going to ask, uh, when you're doing these, these crack of dawn workouts, you know, and, and people, like you said, they have the tendency like, Oh, if, well, if you're not putting fitness in your life, then you're not really serious. But okay, whatever. That's, right. I agree with you. It's such BS. Right. But most people also think that if you're going to work out, Oh, you got to go to the gym and you have to do it for like an hour, two hours. Oh, I got to do an hour of cardio. And then I got to do another hour of just like my back or, or, you know, whatever, like, how you're not spending that time on it and you're your tone you're in shape and people like go check see her ig and you see the workouts that she's doing from your house mm-hmm. how long do you spend in the mornings working out um usually 30 to 40 minutes it could be anywhere from 20 to 40 really um no and i have over the years found you know my favorite are on um, compound workouts because if you lift weights the right way if you move your body if you use, use your what uh your body weight correctly right. um and put little to no rest time in between sets um if you're doing it right you're going to be getting a cardio vascular workout while you're lifting. So to me, I mean, I have not set foot on any kind of a treadmill or anything for years. I can't, I can't do it. Um, so to me, just mindlessly running on a treadmill, I, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, I do, car, I do cardio workouts that are more like agility training. So I'm having to use my mind and think about what my feet are doing. I like to incorporate, you know, mind as well as body and the whole thing. But yeah, no, um, I do mine in my living room. I do have dumbbells, but I also have lots of things that people can do with just their body weight. Um, and I'm not a morning person, Adam. So you are, I am not, I have to make myself get up at four 30 because for a long time I was doing these nighttime workouts. I was trying to squeeze it in. So I'm always like trying to rush the kids to do their homework and eat dinner and get in bed so I can get my workout in before it's too late. And it was just this whole it was kind of a stressor. So I said, okay, I'm not a morning person. I hate getting up in the morning. I'm going to do it anyway, because it's just going to, it's going to work better for everybody. So I started making myself get up at four 30. Um, by five o'clock, I'm working out. I get my 30 to 40 minute workout in. And then I start waking up the kids and getting them ready for school. And then by the time the day is over and I'm coming home from work, I am 100% available to my children to, you know, make dinner, spend time with them, help them with their homework, drive them to all their sports, do all those things without having in the back of my mind that stress of like, when am I going to fit my workout in? So, so that's why I do it in the morning, but I am not a morning person. Okay. <laughs> What I'm what I'm hearing, other than you're not a morning person, is that you made this a priority in your life, and you fit that into your busy schedule. Being a single mom of four kids at various ages, high school teacher, and and coaching other other people, you made this a priority. You found time in your in your schedule to do it, and and you're doing it, and and in doing so, by the end of the day you give a hundred percent, uh, to your kids when they come home from school, uh, and whatnot. So I, for those of you that are listening, that are thinking about 
oh, I don't have time to work out. Stop lying to yourself. I don't. I don't care how much. Like, listen. You, you as far as I'm concerned, you, you're talking to two. You're listening to two people right now that that have been single parents for many, many years. That worked 40, 50 hour jobs, traveled the world, and have done the things that we have done in in our uh, short amount of time on this earth. I mean, we're both you know seasoned, but we're not that old either. Right. And right. <laughs> and the fact if we can do it. You can too. You, there's really no excuse. Uh, I, I deal with you know, and some of you out there. Uh, I know we got a lot of veteran fellow vets that are listening. You know, we we suffer from you know injuries and stuff like that. I can honestly say, if I'm not, if I don't do a workout, and that could just be getting up in the morning and walking my dogs. I, I my day is just it. It's kind of crappy. I'm not gonna lie. It just it. I feel better about myself uh, doing that. So hats off to you. And 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 Kate, listen. Those of you that are listening, look her up on Instagram. We'll have this stuff on uh, the Decision Hour social media pages as well as the Heroes Media Group uh, social media pages. We're coming up on time, Kate, but I got one more question for you. Um, You're on a show called the Decision Hour, and we make decisions every day, right? Yes. Uh, So name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision. What was it and what was the atmosphere like for you at that time? Gosh, that's a tough one. I feel like there's so many times um, that that's happened. Um, gosh. Uh, um, yeah, it, it's it's difficult. I know. And I, I love it because people are like, oh, I thought I had one. and But it's like it's, it's literally every day. And it's with the experiences that – the stuff that we've been through in our lifetime. I mean, you literally could pick probably a hundred different ones. Right. Um, probably. Um, so our last station was Texas and packing my kids up um, and myself and leaving Texas to come home and knowing that it's going to be not knowing what's going to be ahead of me. Am I going to have a place to live? Am I going to be able to support my kids? I did at that time. I had gotten my job at Sora over the phone, um, but I didn't know what any of it was going to look like. Um, I was alone. And so it was pretty scary. Um, so I, that was probably the biggest, I just, I just did it. I just knew I had to do it and I did it. And I have a great family here that is full of support, but it was one of those decisions where, this is like a, this is a no going back point. You know, you're going to do this or you're not going to do this. Um, and doing that, it was, you know, it was a really good decision. It was, it's been, you know, it's tough, but it's been really good. So that's probably one of those moments where I could have done the, um, I want to say the easy thing, but the, you know, the less, the less intensive part of thing on my part, like I would have had to do the less work to just stay in a situation and, and just let things, you know, continue to happen and just react instead of taking the initiative to step out of a situation, um, into the unknown. And that's probably, that's probably that's what awesome. I would say without that's giving awesome. too many yeah, I get you know, it. I got details. You. I don't want to air my laundry. No, no, I got you. I get it. I get it. And I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, with us. And I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule during the day to uh, join me and the listeners uh, on the show. Uh, folks, that's all the time that we have today. Uh, big shout out to Kate for for coming on to the show today. Also, before we let you go, make sure you check out Heroes Media Group, our parent company. Uh, if you're interested in becoming part of the HMG family, simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour. <laughs>